Welcome back to Boys and Ghouls Film Review, folks. I'm your host, Sarah Stevenson. This is my co-host, Mike Stevenson. Hi, guys. And tonight we'll be reviewing that... Um, review the um, genres for me, Mike. Well, okay, before we mention the name of it, this falls under the banner, the genre banner of rock, musical, horror, comedy film. No, it's not Rocky Horror Picture Show. But it, it feels a little <laughs> bit like that, almost. It's called... Drumroll, please. Phantom of the Paradise, which was released in 1974. Exactly right. And this is probably our third Phantom of the Opera type theme movie. Yeah, we've done we've, we've done Phantom of the Mole, Eric's Revenge. Yeah, like and Dan, we did... And, yeah. and, Yes, I mean weeks ago, weeks and months ago, we did um, the fir- the um, Phantom of with of the Opera with the Phantom version, was it? Yeah, the one yeah. that was done in mm, I can't remember the way day, back when. Way back when, my but favorite one, a good yeah, one. Yeah, 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 that, yeah go on, yeah. The English one, yeah. Yeah, well, okay. uh, Hammer did. Yeah, Hammer. If I had a hammer, I sorry. <laughs> anyway, this one, um, according to some people, I don't think too many people have reviewed it or even well. Yeah. It hasn't too much, and I don't think too many people cult following probably know about it. Yeah, well, yeah, it it, it, it didn't fare well in the theatres, but it did develop a cult following. Mm-hmm. Um, so, having said that, I mean, a lot of a lot of interesting movies have gained fame after a, a theatrical run. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's some really yeah. good music mm. in this movie. Yeah, well, Paul Williams, that short guy. I mean, yeah. uh, Paul Williams, he wrote the musical score for this um, yeah. Uh, production. Mm. Yeah, he's brilliant. And he also um, acted in it. Yeah, he, yeah, he's an actor as well as a, as a bit of a, a musical well, artist. He, he, no, he's, he's a, music, he's a music, musician, he writes scores, he does the acting. He's a bit of an all-rounder. He, he sings, dances, makes tea and coffee, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah very cool. I, I, tea and co- I like to taste his coffee. Mm. Oh, I want to be a good barista. Mm. Oh, don't go there. Okay, now okay, I'll do my usuals. Produced by Edward Pressman. Mm-hmm. Directed by and written by Brian De Palma. De Palma. Ah. 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 Music by, like I said before, I don't normally do the music, but I'm doing it this one because it's a musical. Music by Paul Williams. He wrote all the tunes, I believe. Mm. Now, getting back to the box office side of things, um, budget was 1.3 mil. Mm. And I can't understand why they got it done so cheap because all the sets involved and a few things. and They were really good and sets, And a lot of people guys. involved and whatever. But yeah, they, 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 they worked to a budget. Mm. Now, the film was a box office failure, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I don't know what the figures were. Uh, and received negative reviews uh, while earning praise for its music and receiving Academy Awards and Golden Globe nominations. Sweet. Well, go figure. I mean, it's horrible, nasty and everything else, but we got you know, nominations. I don't know. I don't understand the system. However, over the years, the film has received much more positive reviews and has become a cult film. Sweet. That is why we are reviewing it this evening, folks. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame that that every time they do an independent film that's out of the blue, that's new and different. It, it's a little bit different to say we don't like it. We don't like it. Even the, even the, even like the it. reviewers 
the critics couldn't agree on it. Some said, oh, it's a load of crap, blah, blah. And the other kids, oh, it's really nice and, you know, pretty good, imaginative and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Look, it's a parody. It's, a, it, it's poking fun at the music industry. Yeah. Uh, and they're taking the theme out of, well, I'll just mention it in a moment. Um, where are we? Mm. The story is loosely based on and adapted from the following novels. The Phantom of the Opera, a 1910 novel by Gaston Leroux. The Pitch of Dorian Gray, an 1890 novel by Oscar Wilde. Faust, 18, early 1800s, mm. uh, book by Johann Goethe, the yeah. German guy. Mm. And not to be left to the uh, last, but yeah, diminishing his responsibilities here. Dr. Faust, this is the first written encounter mm. of this subject matter yeah. that we can find. Yeah. 1590 by Christopher Marlowe. No, I don't believe Christopher Marlowe and Shakespeare are the same guy, even though there's a lots of things in yeah. indicating You'll that. You'll find that, mm, I think yeah. I mentioned this mm. in the past, that... That in some of these family opera movies, you'll you'll find that they ha often do the Faust story play in in the in the movie in the movies. Yeah, they they do it. I mean, it's it's, it's a good theme. I saw my soul to the devil for eternal youth or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or something. Although or yeah. I think that mm. the I think the theme of it. Um, that, that apart from this movie that that uses that theme, the another movie I will mention much later on. I won't do it now or next year or just yet. But it has. Um, let me see. I think it. It's a good one where um, the Phantom ends up selling his soul for to the devil. But that one, I'll I'll talk to you guys about that one What's next it time. Give me a hint. It's yeah. the same thing called Phantom of the Opera. Oh, you okay. can't I can't really. There's, it's other fan of the opera. Yeah, but ah. it's different, and it has um, Slightly the, different theme, and it yeah. has the actor who plays Freddy Krueger in, who plays Ooh. the Phantom in that one. But again, we're I'm drifting I'm ahead. Not so doing that tonight. We're, we're doing this one tonight. Ah. So let's start talking about the stars of this production. These stars, I'm rolling. William Finley plays Winslow. Oh, uh, what's that? Lynch. Yeah, yeah just call him Winslow. No, I, I, often do. I, I did a typo when I typed him in. Yeah, Winslow Lynch, and he also plays the Phantom. We will get into his role later, obviously. Paul Williams plays Swan, Mr. Swan to you. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. He plays um, a record producer, nasty guy. And an owner of a, of a all, nightclub. Yeah, an owner of a nightclub. Yeah, yeah, we're getting that. I'm just saying. Okay, uh. He's a nasty guy. He's the antagonist. Now, he is also the singing voice for the Phantom. Mm. Now, I didn't know Paul Williams could sing, but mm. eh. yeah. he writes the tunes, he can sing them, but mm. Backrat doesn't, he can't sing either. Now, get on. Uh, yeah. Jessica Harper, she plays the lead female in this. Yeah. She plays a girl by the name of Phoenix. That's our Christine in this story. Yeah. Now, the thing is that, I can't find anything to the contrary, so I think she did her own singing in this. And it's indicated because I did a bit of a look around for her uh, pro uh, profiles, and I think she cut a record for children, which could be nursery rhymes or something or other, or kiddie songs or something. So she may well have done yeah, her own we tried, singing. We tried hmm. to look it up, yeah, you know, couldn't find anything. but we couldn't find it. Yeah. It could be, maybe it's just... Um, but having said that, having said that, know. She did her own little dance routine on stage when she was singing a song there for the audition. 
and I start to think she might sing and dance a little bit as part of a yeah, training. Well, Wait a minute, did I say something? Because I saw her a couple of years later in a movie called Suspiria, which yeah. was done in 1977, and that was based in a ballet school. Yeah. So she moves really good. So she might have done some singing and dancing yeah. as part of acting yeah, training. Yeah, I think that mm. you could be right. I mean, she may. I mean, in in acting schools, sometimes depending on where you go, if I guess, you've got other talents, I'm trying to bring that. If they out. have yeah. other, mm. if you mm. have other talents like yeah. singing, dancing, or or just acting generally, they would. Well, that's probably much what most actors would be trained to do. They would probably well, they be trained if, if in more than one things, skill. You, it's, it's straight acting, and then if you can sing and dance a bit, you work on a bit of the polish that a little bit in case you've got to go into a different role on a different... Uh, you know, well, another string to your bow, so to speak. Now, I won't go through everybody else Yeah, because those three people, they the are ones. the main ones, How, and they're more focused on those however, three. However, there's one person who isn't in the movie, it's, but his voice is, right yeah. at the beginning. You like an introduction? Narrator. Well, I think it's more of an introduction than Ray Jason. It just, it's, it's an opening monologue. So okay. it's more of a monologue. So uncredited introduction by Rod, Rod Serling. Serling. Oh, see, Ben, this is when, when this was made back in 1974, yeah. it was a year or so after the Night Gallery. Yeah. So, and the Night Gallery was a couple of years after the Twilight yeah, Zone. So see, everyone knew Rod's voice. Yeah, so. see, Rod yeah, yeah. was mm, the mm. Um, narrator or the host, ju- whatever, yeah. intru- introducer of each Twilight uh, episode. Twilight Zone episode and, and the Night Gallery, yeah. Yeah, mm, so, so good old, but I think he passed away a year or so after this. Yeah, that's yeah. a shame. Yeah, he, he, he shame died too young, yeah. Anyway, he was an uh, awesome um, guy who just often uh, did like, that. Sort he, of actually, stuff. when he was writing some of his stuff there uh, for, was it Twilight Zone or Night Gallery, I think? To mm-hmm. camera. He, 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 got, he got exhausted. He passed out the writing to somebody else. Oh. I can't remember now, uh, who it was, uh, which, which one it was. But yeah, he, he worked very hard this trade and he died too young. So. The poor man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, do you want to get rolling into the. Uh, yeah. The plot and unfold yeah, it as well. Before, so, and I will jump in so, occasionally for comment. Yeah, sure. Okay, anyway, mm. Rod Serling begins the story. He's ter- he talks about um, an evil, twisted man who is going to who sold his soul to the devil, all that stuff, and it and it all and the nightclub, all that stuff. I won't go into details. Lucifer? No, no, no. no anyway, no. <laughs> we then cross over to um, the nightclub, as I mentioned, of the Paradise, which is a really awesome nightclub owned by the mysterious and unknown Mr. Swan, who yeah. who never has his photo taken, never has been interviewed, probably yeah. whatever. I don't know how he gets uh, gets the word out being unknown. But well, he's mysterious. Yes. <laughs> anyway, he's a this big record label as well as nightclub owner. Yeah, he, he gets acts, brings them up, Makes yeah. money out of them, like all the other yeah, witches do. His latest act is um, called The Juicy Fruits. Well, actually, they play several roles. There's a three-piece singing combo. Mm. Uh, they're called The Juicy Fruits, and then they're called some surfing sort of thingy. Surfing whatever. dudes. I always, sur- call them, sur- I always thought they sound a little bit like the Beach Boys. Well, they, it, was, it was a parody of the Beach Boys, and then they did some glam rocky stuff at the end of it, yeah. you know, all part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they had three different incarnations. Yeah. Well, the... the tr- the retrospective sort of, um, uh, what do you call it, yeah, the old rock stuff they were doing was good, but 
let's move on to the next level, surf rock, and then they move on to the next bit, which is glam rock. Yeah, yeah so mm-hmm. in this scene, they're dressed like as if they're back in the 1960s. Yeah, a bit like the Shananas. Who remembers the Shananas, folks? Know. Don't know, don't care. <laughs> she don't know. I lived through the Shananas. Yeah. yeah. And after <laughs> these guys, um, a young, talented composer and piano player named Winslow, he does his um, session, if you will, and he plays a beautiful bits of well, music. Yeah, what actually, I'll, I'll read it, is this, is they, they were actually getting the club set up, testing some acts. Oh, I see. And then after they were doing a test, he just yeah. took over the piano for yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah. Swan but, listens mm-hmm. and thinks the music's great, but he doesn't like the artist much. He, yeah, he did not, he didn't want to put him up, but the music yeah. was good, but so he's he going to rip him off, yeah. just like all the other Phantom of the Operas. Yeah, so <laughs> the, his assistant approaches Winslow and tells him, guess what, um, Swan likes your work he and wants he to wants you. to produce you. And so he, he went ahead, took some of the work and... Went ahead. He took all his work. <laughs> and when Winslow's work goes down to the record label, they, told, they shoot later. him out. Yeah, so we don't want anything to do here. Yeah. But he ripped off all his music, didn't he? Yeah, mm. and then Winslow decides to go directly to the to the Dragon's Cave by going yeah, to Swan's, Swan's house. house. Yes. He goes there. He sees a thousand girls um, in line auditioning. I th- or You know, the old casting couch or this thing, you know. And he meets a girl named Phoenix, a beautiful girl and very talented. She sings beautifully. And he falls in, I think he likes her the moment. Well, he heard her sort of singing a few bars of a song and said, oh, that's very nice. A nice voice. Yeah. The other girls there couldn't sing a thing to save their lives, but she had a good voice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, um, girls would get ushered into the room, and of course, Phoenix Phoenix didn't want anything to do with this, and says, she just. She just says she's not having this because she doesn't do this sort of thing. Not that sort of casting, no. And so she runs out and Winslow, he tries to sneak in to, to get to meet Swan, but Swan and his henchmen knock, knock him out. Yeah, yeah, and they beat him up and they plant some drugs on him so the police pick him up and put him in jail. Yeah. There's a drug pusher. And oh, then huh? our poor Winslow, he gets his... When he's in prison, he gets his teeth ripped out. It's, it's, it's supposed to be for dental hygiene in the prison because people get a lot of gum disease. And they're, they're doing what they said, volunteers. They're just picking a handful of prisoners and ripping the teeth out and giving them metal teeth. However, yeah. this prison was sponsored by Mr. Swan. No surprise there. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. The plot does thicken, folks. Yeah. yeah. So Winslow's become a victim, you know, a horrible victim in this movie. As I said to you guys in the past, uh, each phantom is a victim of horrible misfortune. Yeah. And Inzo is just one of many of them. Have Poor them. little fellow. Anyway, Winslow does eventually escape and he tries to go back to the record label and tries to destroy the music that that Swan is creating, that his work, I mean Winslow's work. And he tried to destroy them, but then his head gets crushed in a um, record press. A, re- a record pressing machine. Yeah. And that'd be hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one side of his face gets burnt and damaged. And it damages his vocal cords as well. Yeah. And he runs out and he ends up falling headfirst into um, a the, river. Uh, the East River or something? Yeah, East yeah. River. It's and always the East River. What the hell? What's wrong with your West River for a change? Anyway, <laughs> the newspapers print that... Uh, a talented composer who ran, who escaped from jail, has now died. Ah! Uh, 
okay. Then we, we couldn't locate the body though. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. So anyway, we cross over to the the paradise, and Winslow is in point of view shot wise. Your POV. POV. My favorite mm. shot in the world because I love it when the camera is your is the, the eyeballs eyes of the. Of the um, of the killer or the person who's been victimized. Yeah. So he wanders into the paradise. He goes to the stage theater costume area. The wardrobe area. Yep. And he steals a costume and a, and a mask. I found it was well, it's an owl mask. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a parody of an owl. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, look much like an really owl cool. to me, but it looks like. And the, and the outfit looks really cool. Weird. So he then start they start doing rehearsals of the, his music using new Lyrics, I think. Yeah, well, they they got the lyrics. They they corrupted the lyrics. They use a basic music with it, but they change the yeah, tempo and, and the beat and a yeah, few things. And this time, yeah. this is what I mentioned earlier about how it, in this scene there it looks like the Beach Boys. Or, well, not the yeah. sound does. Anyway. Oh, yeah, oh, anyway, wait, 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 wait a minute. The original name of the band with like the shine on us was called the Juicy Fruits, and mm-hmm. then they they uh, rebranded their name as the Beach Bums. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then they call them something else later on. Freak weird. Yeah. Well, there you go then. Uh, well, bands do change their names. Look at Alice Cooper. They Their band name changed a couple of times. Oh, yeah. Years, uh, years ago. Re-bland, the... Uh, the... Uh, what is it? No, I, I just trying to see. No, I can't find what the other name was. Uh, does no. rebrand again as a glam rock act, but doesn't say what the name of the new. It probably be. wasn't important. Well, I like to know these things. Anyway, um, <laughs> not important. So oh, no. anyway, um, they're rehearsing the the music. Um, everyone's um singing in different Bit of lyrics. Do crap. And our phantom, um. Loads a bomb into you know into, into a prop car, prop car, and he makes he and he watches from a safe distance, and Swan notices him in from the safe distance, and and notices right away, boom! Didn't yeah. kill the juicy fruit so unfortunately. Uh, ah, what a shame! Shame we could have um we could have washed those guys out. Yeah, they look very. Oh, they're good. Actually, as musicians and singers, they're good. Don't, yes. don't, don't get me wrong. Swan, but, yeah, yeah, Swan soon appro- soon finds the phantom. And he then tells them that they could work together. He'll Let's get... make a deal, folks. Yeah, well, deal with the devil, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, at this point in time, Winslow doesn't know uh, Swan's true character, yeah. his true nature, and so to speak. And Swan says, trust me, but I don't trust him as far as I can throw yeah. him. So he has a contract the size of a telephone book. Says, anyway, yeah. mm. before we get to that, oh, um, he starts auditioning... Um, um, I guess chorus girls. I think I guess it's a word. Backup backup girls. And he then uh, Phantom notices um, Phoenix there, whom he didn't know her name at first, but he now knows. And he she sings a beautiful song. She sings um, especially me or something. Mm, yeah, or, yeah, I love that song. Yeah. It was great, especially her how she did a bit of a dance number. Yeah, two. She, she really she moves really good. So I think I said I think she had some dancing and singing training as part of her acting. Yeah. yeah. Of course, and don't know. Eventually, um, we then see the Phantom in his sanctum, sanctorium, whatever. I don't know what. He's in a sanctum. Uh, he's in a sanctum. Sanctum, sanctorium. What are you, you're turning Latin, are you? Sorry, that's a bit of a cross between being a a, um, a, a studio, like a sound studio, to it's, um, the like a, like the Phantom of the Opera's type, you know, piano sort of thing. Well, it's a computer room. Yeah. It's a sound studio like you'd have in a recording studio. Yeah. yeah. In that room, Swan was able to create a special 
speaker that allows the, the yeah. um, f- um, Winslow to speak. Oh, you know, room wheels in there for all the big knobs and everything. That sound, <laughs> that sound room. No, that's a real place, and it's still around today. Hmm. Wow. How's it going? Yeah. Anyway, that was impressive. I'll, I'll talk about it when the production anyway, notes laid up. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. finally, um, Winslow can speak, even though this, his speech is rather is rather faint and and it sounds robotic. Yeah, a, yeah. a little bit like a Finnish uh, death uh, death metal band. <laughs> you can't understand totally. Yeah, yeah. but luckily mm. enough, he does. He can talk and all that. Anyway, yes. Swan puts him to work to work on his cantata. A cantata. That's yeah, correct, see, yeah. his cantata is the um, music he stole that was actually a full musical. It's a big rock opera type thing. Yeah, yeah rock yeah. opera. Yeah. Where. And it's sort of based off Faust. This is where the Faust story comes into it, where um, Winslow, you know, write, was writing a cantata that's based, you know, off that story. Funny. Mm. Mm. Anyway, he, he puts him to work, and he works day and night into work. No time off on the weekends. No. Yeah. His only diet of his um, pills. Yeah, yeah, he keeps him pilled up, yeah, up as down as sideways, you know. Yeah, yeah while he's writing, um, Swan is doing his own auditions by, instead of casting Phoenix as the lead singer, he's making um, a, a, a washed-up drama queen-type singer uh, named Beef, yeah, he's the beef. singer. I wonder if it's supposed to be like meatloaf. No, no. Probably, anyway, who knows. But he's, he's, he's referred to in the notes here as a glam rock Prima Donna. Yeah. Yes. Practically uh, like a clotter mm, type, only only yeah, male. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, while the Phantom is busy writing the scores, he Swan is going out and meeting his new singer and doing the auditions and rehearsals, yada, 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 and announcing to the world, Beef is our new singer for this upcoming opera, yada, yada, yada. Beef might be new. However, think of all the vegetarians out there. Yeah, so eventually um, he um, Swan gets the final score and he goes off and gets his men to brick up the his the Phantom's room. Isn't that right? Yeah, the, the recording studio is in. Yeah. Yeah. So they what a break, way to go. So they brick it up, and they and the people start rolling in to watch this um this less awesome. But in the piece. meantime. But when Winslow wakes up, he screams and and he, and he scares the um the, the crap the, out of Booth. Booth, yeah. yeah. He's like he's very dramatic. He's like a very mm, eek. Yeah, yeah, very scared. Girly. Eventually, the Phantom rips through the um. He smashes the wall down. He doesn't rip through. He smashes the wall. He smashed the wall down. It the, was the, the mortar hadn't been setting, hadn't set properly. Yeah, the whole yeah. brick together. Mm. Yeah, and he's out, to, and he terrorizes the poor beef. Tells him, "If you so much as sing, I'll kill you." Now this is quite funny here because really this is um, a bit of a reenactment out of Psycho. Yep. Beef's in the shower, and you see someone coming on the other side of the shower curtain. This knife goes there and cuts through the shower curtain. And you think, oh, he's going to kill him. No, he gets a plumber's, um, what do you call it? A, a plunger. A plunger. And he picks, he, he shoves it right across his mouth so he doesn't say anything. And he threatens him as if you sing this song, I'm going to kill you or something yeah. or other. Yeah. Only Phoenix is allowed, is allowed to, to sing yeah. the song. But it doesn't stop them. They can, 
he's back. He's forced by Liam um, Swan's assistant to go back to his studio, get himself done yeah, up, yeah. and get ready. Yeah, Beef is going to do a run up at this point in time. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. But so fun. he goes onto stage. Um, this bit is um, gone glam rock what style, yeah. and this the set reminds me a little bit of the doc cabinet of Doctor. What was it? Uh, Dr. Kelly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, Actually, I was just having a look here again. The Beats Bums had become a band called The Undead. It's an old gun of back beef. Oh, so you know them now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just looking for a note. I got too many notes here. And, yeah, they all, the, the backing singers and stuff were all done up like... Um, hmm. Like oh, Rocky Horror name? Picture Show. No, no. The, the, guy, the backing band was done like the guy out of uh, the cabin of Dr. Caligari, mm-hmm. but Beef was done up like Rocky Horror. Yeah, the, yeah. the creature in Rocky Horror. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, of course, went halfway through his song, the Phantom takes a giant um, neon lightning bolt and throws it across the stage and zaps dear old Beef to death. And... Well, let's just say it wasn't a pretty sight, folks. No, I like the pasty mix. Out, yeah, well, I was going to say, <laughs> what if it smells like chicken when you cook it, home? Hey? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, the assistant tells um, Phoenix, you're on, meaning you sing have to sing. now. <laughs> so she sings old souls, you know. What and, a beautiful song. And, and everyone loves it. Yeah, oh. it was very soft, very peaceful, and very, very nice. And everyone loved it. And she was praised. And um, Swan sa- says, let's go back to my place and, and a nightcap. She, and he offers her stardom and stuff. And she'd do anything for it. In the end, well, no, she decides to uh, succumb to his um, charms. And, yeah, before we get yeah, to that. No, no. At that point, he says she agrees to go for the ride. Yeah. And, and do whatever he wants. I, yeah. doesn't, I wasn't going to the end. Okay, before we get to that, <laughs> I, um, she's um, as she's heading out of her dressing room, there's a huge mound of cry, oh, crying yeah, fans crap. wanting to say, Hi, um, Phoenix, we want to have we your We want a piece you. of you. Take yeah. us a finger or... Yeah, or unfortunately, the phantom, he, he guides her up to the, um, the top roof. level, which makes me think of the scene between Christine and Rao when they often they get escaped. They the roof. Yeah. So have a chit-chat. Yeah. yeah, so Phantom shows her that Beef being to- towed away on a... In an ambulance. In an ambulance or in a, in a black hey, bag. Hey, making... Here's a takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> he's been cooked, ready yeah. to go. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and he tells her who he is, even though she knows she he's could dead. remember him at that point yeah. in time. Yeah, she knows he's dead, obviously. Mm, well, she didn't know him that well. She met him for a couple of minutes on the stairs yeah. earlier on, didn't remember who he was at that point. Yeah, well, anyway, mm. she knows that he's pa- he passed away, but he says that she, he's not dead, not yet. He got better. And yeah. he then tells her mm. that she should leave the paradise, leave Swan, and do not... and, yeah, and, get, and get herself to uh, nunnery and stay there where it's safe. Yeah. No, not quite like that. Oh, okay, but whatever. But he just tells her that, that she's not safe here and she should go before th- Swan destroys her. And... He yeah. almost does, doesn't he? Yeah, but she says she wants... He wants to start him and everything. Comes so she breaks away and runs downstairs and dumps yeah. into Swan's car. Yeah, and meanwhile, that later that night in Swan's estate, uh, our fa- Winslow watches... Through a skylight. Through a skylight. Her 
that watching them making, making love. love. And mm. he tempts Winslow tries to kill himself yeah. out of pity and feeling a bit no, sorry, not pity, hurt. Yeah, hurting so much. He tried to kill himself. However, however, he saved himself and it doesn't work. Yeah, for some reason he's um mortal. For some reason, Mister Swan came up a little bit later on. Said, "You can't kill yourself, and not uh, yeah, you've got a contract with me, and yeah. you can't die until I die." Yeah, see, he signs mm. this. Inter- uh-huh. uh, the contract we mentioned that's the size of a uh, yellow pages. We mentioned. Well, I have, no, it's just say a phone book. Yeah. I don't, we don't know what color their phone books are in other countries. Okay, mm. so that's the size of it. Anyway, it looks ex- the words are pretty like. Like if it was back in the night, back in the year old English, yeah. and it's <laughs> it's not really a proper contract when you think about it. Yeah, and squiggly lines, whatever it goes. Yeah. It goes. Who's going to read it from front? And it, and he told Winslow to seal it in blood. Yeah. You know, write it in blood. Yeah, you know? earlier on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, now that Phoenix realizes he's immortal, he tries to stab Swan, but Swan is also contract too. Yeah, he said, oh, "You can't kill me. I'm under a contract too." Meaning, <laughs> yes, yeah. So later on, um, we get news that that Swan and Phoenix are going on tour, and they're going to do the final scenes of Faust at the Paradise that very night. And I'm going to do a fake marriage. Yes, to. Finished up the the, mm. the, fro- the Faust thing. So meanwhile, while this is happening, the Phantom goes to his um, Swan's secret room. That's a sort of yeah, and part yeah. of his yeah, part of his recording studio in his mansion thing. Yeah, yeah. see the see he then finds the um, Swan's contract of his own on video. Yeah, and the videos are important because the videos are the contract, not the piece of paper you're writing on. Yeah, see mm. Swan back in the 1950s or something, whatever. Um, yeah, 53. Yeah, he wanted to take his life because he didn't want to age. He had a th- he had an age thing. Yeah, and then he was about to slit his wrist, but then the devil appears in a mirror telling him, guess what, I'll give you your you total youth if mm. you sign this contract and all that stuff. And it's for all its conditions. Yeah, and that's where the picture of Dorian Gray comes in. Yeah. yeah. The film and photographs of you will age, but you will remain youthful-looking forever. Yeah. Yeah. Yada, yada, and, he yada. Says, yeah. And, the, and the devil tells him that you must watch this video every night you know, all, all your life, so to remind yourself how yeah. lucky you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Talk about reruns. Then we cut to another video where we see um, Fien- see Swan asking the Phantom to sign his contract. And then we see we cut to another scene where he, Swan is doing the same thing to Phoenix. Oh, no. And Not he's, her. He's he, probably realizing. She's basket. See, she's um, high at, <laughs> at this time in the scene. And she's not yeah, aware she's that she's um, yeah. she's signing high. away her uh, life. Uh, yeah, and Swan just breaks the finger and drops the blood in the contract without her even knowing about it properly. Yeah, yeah. while yeah. this is happening, a bit rude. Um, the fin- yeah. um, the Winslow then grabs the um, where the the video and grabs the um, I don't know what it's called. I, I, the thingy wingy. The thing that's put that's put on the uh, it's the video in and throws it into the, where all the contracts and, is. And it sets fire to the room. Oh, yeah. goody, folks. <laughs> yeah. He then races towards the um to insight to the stage in the paradise, and they're about to do the final. They're, they're the wedding s- act. Yeah. Thing. See, 
also on the video it says that the that Swan is going to assassinate dear old Phoenix. Yeah, on for stage. good advertising. Yeah, yeah, mm. thinking it's all part of entertainment. Yada yada yada. Well, entertainment. This eventually, the Phantom does come across the um the gunman, and he knocks the gun, shooting the um Swan's yeah, the, the, assistant, yeah, who's yeah. Uh, in Mr. Philby or something. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, in the sky, He's dressed as a, a priest, priest or yeah. a mock-up or priest or bishop or something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and anyway, um, then. Winslow, he swings on a rope or whatever, and, and he doing a Tarzan then, bit or an he grabs the mask. See, Swan is wearing a mask. Yeah, he's a wearing mask. a mask in front of everybody. Yeah. Yes, to avoid getting taken photos. And of then his you face. see his hideous, old face, horrible <laughs> face. Yes. Um, yeah, it doesn't look really pretty. Yeah. And um, yeah, he he and, screams and out Winslow, and then. Phoenix notices his face and doesn't understand. And then Swan tries to grab her, choke her in a chokehold. Yeah. Yeah, screaming out, "You, I want your voice. I mean, I... I want your voice. I, I don't know how he... Whatever, that's me. Whether he kills her or he gets possessed of the voice and he can pass on to somebody. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. It wasn't totally explained properly. I don't know either. I don't think he intended on making, give, making her a star in the end. I think he was just doing this to... Um, annoy Winslow when I think about it. Eh. Whatever. Anyway, moving on. Um, the fin- f- f- Winslow then grabs um, a pin from a head from a headdress of a of a dancer. Yeah, a big, and, a big pin thing. Yeah, and then he stabs it into um, Swan's chest. And he guess what? He starts to bleed, which means his contract has been destroyed in the fire. Yeah. So, both however. Yeah, so Swan dies, and but also Winslow is dying too. Because he's, he, his stab wound before opened up because uh, Swan's dying. Yeah. Anyway, mm, while yeah. he's crawling across the floor, his mask's taken off by a fan or by a, one of the MC dancers. He's not pretty. And he crawls across the floor and Phoenix notices his face as he slowly crawling and dying. And I think he's, wor- he's saying, I think he's wording... Phoenix and all that stuff, and probably saying I love you. And I don't know if he's saying love Aww, you because throughout this scene, we just hear a lot of music as in the back, in the in really loudly playing. Yeah, and but we do see hear um, Phoenix say Winslow, and she slowly approaches him as he, he dies, and he dies in her arms while Mister Swan's body. Okay, this is good. I didn't notice before. His body is being passed around like crowd surfing. But the people in the crowd were stabbing him as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They wanted to join in the fun, so to speak. Yeah, and yeah. the crowd continues dancing and up the up a storm and not aware that there's two deaths in front of them. And the credits roll, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. It wasn't that enjoyable, folks. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of... I mean, as I said before, The Phantom is a bit of a tragic story. And always, every rendition of the story, whether it's the Hammer one or somebody else's, or, yeah, mm-hmm. it's always got the same theme. Yeah, it's a, some a struggling musician, Well, the struggling musician gets ripped off by some megalomaniac sort of guy and all the guy he wants... Recognition and justice, really, and there's a bit of love thrown in there, but you know, yeah. there's not necessarily a love scene because I mean the fans don't really fall in love like the the Hammer movies and the other ones. Well, they 
they had feelings for the girl, but there was no love in them. Because they yeah, had some, I yeah, think yeah, I remember yeah, in yeah. the the Hammer one that it, he was more or less interested in, in her, her voice, to, in her uh, voice, yeah, to, and uh, hopes to teach her to te- sing. To teach to be a great singer. Uh, so and in the other movies, had the same sort of theme. Yeah, except yeah. for in the one of the um, Gerard Butler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was a bit more of love interest going on there. But there yeah, are, yeah. but mm, mm. All, all in all, some of the phantoms uh, deal with you know um, um, a sad tale of of mixed, a bit of love tragedy stuff. Exactly. Mm. Now a bit of production stuff here, guys. Yeah, okay. oh, I, love doing, I love doing this stuff. Now the record press in which. Uh, um, the uh, Phantom got his disfigured in uh, was a real pressing plant, an injection moulding press oh. at Pressman Toys. It was a real one. It was made up to look like a record pr- okay, uh, pressing okay. machine. Um, and they said, no, nah, you'll be safe, not a problem. We made it look really good and we put some chocks in there so when it closes, it won't close all the way. Thanks for goodness. But no, they didn't realise that the machine was too strong for the chocks to stop it. And oh. it, 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 des- it destroyed the chocks it was holding them open. And they had to pull him out at the last minute so he wouldn't get his head caught in there. That's safe. That was close. So he, he was Finley, uh, yeah, the William Finley, um, the Phantom guy. Um, could have been really impressed. I, mean, I don't know if the heat was on, but he would have got a, a sore, very sore head. Mm. Uh, now, the electronic room in which Winslow composes Cantata mm. and where Swanry stores his voice is, in fact, a real-life recording studio the record plant. Mm. Okay, so he must just say that's another point. Um, well, yeah, I remember in one scene in the movie where an older lady is um, in the crowd and she tries to wave to Swan and she... I think she was an old love interest of his, and she for twenty or thirty years ago. Yeah, and yeah. and when she shows a photo to a fan, and the photo isn't, it's like you know, still looks like him. Yeah, oh. but he's aged. Yeah, mm. hint, hint that he uh-huh. was, he, he it was he how old he is. A little bit like Cliff Richard. Hey, he doesn't age. Um, 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 anyway, must be a more faint than a number of five. No, well, what about those dogs? Uh, no, um, no. Uh, da, 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 da. The walls covered with knobs are in reality. This is the recording studio. Are an oversized, custom-built electronic synthesizer dubbed Tonto, which still exists today. Wow. So, yeah, that, that was all real stuff they're using. Now, the Paradise concert scenes were filmed in a place called the Majestic Theatre in Dallas, Texas. Wow, cool. Now, this is the part you're going to like. The extras in the audience had responded to an open cattle call for locals interested in being in the film. Hmm. All those people there are freebies. Meaning they just, they really... <laughs> we, we need we need 100 extras. So they just yeah, jumped around yeah, yeah. like well, crazy it, it, well, and well, just, it doesn't it, matter if they're acting or not acting. No, they just danced or whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, hung around, you know, whatever, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever they're told to do. Yeah, yeah so yeah, so it was just a crowd, the crowd scene was a real crowd scene. Mm-hmm. And now, Sissy Spacek, the actress, was the film set dresser, mm-hmm. assisting her then-boyfriend, uh, Jack Fisk, uh, he was a production designer, and she later starred in De Palma's Carrie. Mm, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go then. De Palma, oh, I didn't know De Palma did that Carrie movie affair in it. Mm. So there. Uh-huh. Now, um, I won't get about that part. No. Da-da-da. It's produced independently. Mm. 
producer, uh, Mr. Press, uh, Pressman, then screened the movie, uh, screened the movie to the studios, and he sold it to the highest bidder. Wow. For two million plus a percentage. So there you go. Then so <laughs> it's hard to find out what the theatre takings were, but I think he made some money because it would have been after the media. Uh, release they go through the theatres. Uh, it probably went to VHS, and now it's on DVD. Yeah, I have It is on Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> I also have some of his uh, the music from the Phantom of the Paradise too. Okay, yeah. yeah. I have some of my favourites. Little Paul Williams uh, stuff here. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I certainly like the um, stuff there. I won't go about all reception guys. Yeah, the critics. Half of it, I was a load of crap and bullshit. What didn't go very good. The other guy said, oh, it wasn't too bad, actually. So it gets on to what I keep saying. Don't listen to these jokers. Go and watch it yourself. Exactly, mm. folks. Even Rotten Tomatoes gave it a high score. That's good to know. Yeah. It got 86%. <laughs> so that's cool. not too bad. That's um, always good. Yeah, uh, let's have a look. Um, now, eBay. Plenty for sale, guys. I think there's Blu-rays available as well. Mm. Amazon, it's rentable on Prime, and there are some for sale. Now, when you're going on these sites, be careful. There are also soundtracks. I went in there to do the movies and TV area, and mixed in with it were things like the soundtrack albums and CDs and stuff. And So, yeah, if, make sure you click on the right, the right product when you're going in there because you're going to get the soundtrack and or a VHS tape or a laser disc, or a DVD, or a Blu-ray. Yeah. So just be careful. You order the right one. Yeah, it's always good yeah. to be careful, mm, guys. Exactly. They, they, they might, you may even get a VHS tape, and you don't have a VHS player. player because, or a laser disc, or something or other, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we're seeing as we're living in the updated times, uh, things have changed well, a lot. Well, see, see, you went from the tapes onto laser discs for a very, very, very short period of time, because after a year or two or something... The DVD technology came out, and people said these are nice and compact and these to work with. And uh, lasers got left behind. Lasers might have been a higher quality, mm. but got left behind. It's sort of like when you had the IBM computers came out and Apple computers came out. Mm. One of them had to be the home industry standard, the home standard, the other one became the industry standard. Yeah. Mm. Um, beta, beta, beta uh, videos against VHS. Beta was clearly a better product, but VHF beat them on the home market. So, yeah, yeah. you never know. Yeah, I mm. do like the Phantom of the Paradise. I like the fact that um, some... I like the um, modern... or well, not modern, I mean contemporary... Con- um, yeah, contemporary mo- takes always good. ...take on on the Phantom of the Opera. Well, we did that Eric's Revenge, the Phantom of the Moor. That was a, that was another take on the same yeah. sort of theme. Mm-hmm. That's a, that but that was, was really wide of the mark, though. Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> came up with my own version of the story one time. I haven't... But I haven't looked. I haven't figured out the full story for it yet myself. I, I've been developing my own oh, version okay. of, of the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, well, there you go then. But again, um, I I have put that on hold to work on my new slasher script. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll get something rolling by sometime next year. Mm, hopefully, two thousand twenty-two. Yeah, and, that, and, and whether we make it in Australia or the America or UK or somewhere or other, yeah. it's going to get made. I would love it if I can make it here. To be honest, I I would love it if, for once, that I mean not for once. I mean I wouldn't mind if people that. More it's challenging uh, making movies in, in Australia. Australia because 
and I said it before, and I don't want to insult the people in the industry, but it's really, really hard to get into the industry here unless you know somebody. I mean, really know somebody. If you go to a studio, the studios are very picky because we haven't got too many studios to pick from. They say, oh, no, we're not really interested. You're a newbie, we don't really care, whatever. But when you go to a place like America where there's a very strong film industry, there just seems to be a lot of people there looking for new um, ideas. So mm. it's really sad that Australia can't follow suit. Yeah, mm. I just wouldn't mind if they... They did more different types of movies. Who cares if it's um, if it's a slasher or horror or even a, a drama? But it's like provided that you're giving the world yeah. entertainment. Now, you look, look, you look at it and I, over the years. Um, the American film industry is probably the strongest film industry in the world, from all I can see. Yeah. Uh, in the early days, um, well, well, your movie, your your. Um, your tribute movie you just made, uh, Tank the Cat People, uh, that was based on the ideas and concepts of the 1950s uh, B-movie horror sci-fi. Now, they churned out bucket loads, truck loads of those movies back in those days. Not overly priced, not overly worked, just good, fun movies done mm-hmm. to hit the, uh, the teenage audiences in the drive-in. Mm. And they were good, fun movies. But, yeah, oh, another idea, quick, that's a good idea, bring it in, let's make a movie. Here, nowadays, you can't do it quite so easy, man, or unless it's going to be a slasher movie. Yeah. Because now we're getting stuck in that sort of, oh, that formula sort of works here, that's what the people want. That formula works only because that's what the production houses are giving people. Um, if they tried something different, maybe that something different might work too. Yeah, anyway, I miss something different. I always love... Yeah, why not try something different? The music scene changes every semi uh Years or once a decade, it, take, it does a, fl- a jump, a flips, a flip yeah. over, whatever. Yeah. We went through rock and roll. We went to something else, and we went yeah. to disco. We went and to the like, and blah blah. And yeah. like, like um, George A. Romero's work, where he started yeah. with the zombie movies, and yeah. and while it it took, and while he started off in black and white, and then he made his way up to color and started doing things in different films. Yeah, well, locations. see, black and white was cheap, a cheaper way to make it. Mm, true. So the point, see, color was still rather expensive. Now it becomes industry standard. Yeah, so yeah, I, I kind yeah. of uh, would love it if they could. Um, I just wish the uh, more than I just wish Australia could equal like um, America. You know, in filmmaking, we could, but we got, we got, a, we got, we have a smaller population, so we don't have as many um, as much money per capita or per head of populations or whatever the demographics whatever they use I mean, if, um, if yeah, Peter it Jackson, yeah if Peter Jackson can make it in in New Zealand I should make it in Australia oh lord if you mention Peter Jackson one more time okay. uh, well, we were talking about Peter Jackson earlier on Peter Jackson for you guys who may not know he made the Lord of the Rings movies okay now he did some other things before that in yeah. New Zealand Dead Alive whatever Dead Alive now Dead Alive is a good fun movie. It's not a great movie, but it showed people he had some talent and it gave him some street credibility. So when he wanted to raise funds to do the Lord of the Rings and stuff, yes, he had a, um, a track record and was able to raise capital for it. He, I think right. he started a current, uh, production company on the uh, on the stock exchange. Uh, I think it was Wingnut, mm. I think it was. And he raised money by doing share issues and stuff. That's what's up. I mean, somehow we're going to be able to get past this thing and find get the governments 
or the uh, people in the film industries in different countries to throw us a bit more money around or at least yeah, open themselves least, to better ideas. At least yeah. open up Newbies. to the... Um, that in some, I know that there are a few people in government would often offer funds for in art, but they should yeah. realise that filmmaking is an art form. Well, here's something. Here's something to consider. And someone actually raised this in an argument with a relative of a, a friend of a friend, sort of thing, with his relatives. That I was a young guy years ago, as we all were, and I was in a band. We were doing rock music. It's yeah, pub rock. Yeah, and now we we're doing really good. And one of my guys, the band, one of the guys, the band, my rhythm guitarist, um, he hooked up this really nice looking lady, and her cousin was into opera. And he said, "Oh, rock, rock music, and probably that's crappy music. Opera's better than that." And Ooh. he just turned around. No, he just turned around and said, "Well, that's really funny. That's how good it is. At least rock music pays for itself. Opera has to be subsidised by the government." It doesn't pay for itself. It's 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 sponsored by the governments. They might sell tickets, but it doesn't cover its cost. Mm. In most cases, the governments support it. Mm. Is there how good is the rock industry compared to the opera? I'll say ten times or a thousand times better, uh, because it, it covers its own. And it covers sales. Yeah, we we, we cover our own. Pro- we make money. You know, the opera doesn't make money. No, no, no. It, it sells tickets, and that covers the hire of the opera house and different things and maybe pay some wages to the musicians and whatever, but it doesn't make a buck a load of money. Yeah, anyway, mm. guys, um, I'm moving off the subject No, I'm just again, using that as an example, yeah. Sorry if we drifted apart from We didn't. I'm just using an, an analogy there, yeah. And I do think yeah. that um, The Phantom of the Paradise was sort of an independent film. If, well, if, it was, yeah, independent funding. Yeah, mm. and I thought it was pretty cool. Way to go, uh, Mr. Edward Pressman. Yeah, mm. I hope he still continues to work hard. Interesting, Edward Pressman. Have you look at something on, in my notes, proofs of my production notes here. Mm-hmm. Pressman Toys. Mm. You mean he's... Um, he, he owns Pressman Toys. Oh. And he's the one who financed the movie. Oh, that explains what. Well, well, that tells me he may not even be in the, music, the, the uh, movie industry... They approach the guy and he put money up towards the movie. Hmm, that's interesting. We can't do it in Australia. I've tried. I've tried to big major kind of, Oh, we don't do that sort of thing. And we, and yeah, we, yeah, a lot of people often <laughs> yeah. approach. You know, even if it's um, a spon. You know, you can if you donate some money. I mean, put put some money up to our production. We'll mention your business in our credits. Oh well, yeah, area. it'd be a tax write-off. I mean, they, they don't they donate money to charities and different other things and other art grants and different things. You're trying to get somebody... I've got to make a movie. No, I'm not interested. Oh, I'm sorry. Sports grants, this, so-and-so for that. Give the local school that. Give something else. Everyone gets money except the film industry in this country. Yeah, it just seems like a silly bit... Na- silly thing. Yeah, to I think mean, about. yeah, it's really hard. You have to do uh, campaigns and stuff to try and get it. And if no one knows you, yeah, but you're not going to make too much money in a campaign. Yeah, I think either. I, I yeah. remember um, a movie that that Mike and I didn't really appreciate too much. Which one? That one? Well, uh, you know, the one about the the um, mother who 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 reads a a creepy book to uh, her son who. who Oh, that one. Yeah. Um, that, well, uh, this was filmed in Australia, so you guys know. Oh, uh, it's all got a weird name. Um, well, I can't remember even the name. 
I know it's, yeah, it's not Jabberwocky. Um, it's, it's got a weird name like that. Um, I know it begins with a B or something. Yeah, but the Babadook. Yeah, the Babadook. Babadook. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, I remember this film was done in Australia. That I read. Yeah, it was not a bad movie. It wasn't oh, a great movie. And also, it yeah. was funded independently by you know on Indiegogo. Was I think. it? Okay, or yeah. is it Kickstarter? Oh, who cares? No, I think it was Indie. Oh, well, yeah. it doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah. I found their um old campaign things on yeah. there, and they and they found the there was a bit of a you know videos with the the creators of it too, uh-huh. and how they were trying to do based on you know use inspirations from older films like you often talk about silent yeah. films and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they mentioned something about silent films. You, can't, and stuff you cannot can't cannot knock silent films yeah. because. That's where it started. Yeah, an old actor, to- yeah. an, an, mm. a previous act, an actor, old actor told me that if in order to make um, a good horror slasher or whatever, he says to rewatch a lot of old, you know, movies the like old one. like even the Carnival of Souls. Yeah, and with stuff Candace. Like that. Uh, can't remember. Yeah. 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 It was. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Yeah. It was a good, mm, awesome mm. bit of advice, and yeah. I and I'm, I appreciate his yeah. advice. Yeah. The guy who made the Carnival Souls, he wasn't actually a real movie maker either. Remember, I think yeah, he used to do um, like uh, business presentations, like audio visuals for businesses and stuff. Yeah. He wasn't really a filmmaker. He knew how to run a camera and do a bit of stuff, but he did. He wasn't a real filmmaker. Mm. Anyway, yeah. sorry guys. Mm. Um, so should we rate this uh, movie? Look. Or do you have anything else to add? To no, I've got no, 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 I've got too much production notes to play with. So, look, I'd, I'd rather do a close down now on a positive note. Look, it's not the sharpest movie you've ever seen, mm. but it's a good movie. Agreed. Um, the storyline a little bit predictable. You know it's going to go uh, because everyone knows the story of the Phantom, you know, of the opera. Um, but then but again, if, this if you hadn't different. seen the other movies or read the book. You wouldn't know what was going to happen next. Yeah. Okay? So I'm going to put that aside. So looking at the storyline, the line, the storyline is not bad. It's good fun. It's a good basic storyline, not too mm. complicated. You don't need a lot of grey matter yeah, to follow I think it. The, the one music's thing, great. I think the one thing interesting about it is it's from the Phantom's point of view more than than yeah, instead yeah. of just the um, usual. Um, uh, about, about Christina or where, somebody or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. Christina or Phoenix um, is the yeah. um, one who's we yeah. follow around, even though throughout. Yeah, yeah. yeah even though. But it's from the, the poor old Phantom's perspective, and he's following him around, but how he's been screwed over by everybody and everything's tra- yeah. taking his work and trashing yeah, it. And, yeah, so it's more that way. But the music's great. Paul Williams wrote some good stuff. Yeah. The stuff that Winslow did, uh, I don't. he wasn't playing piano. I don't know who was play- whose hands were. It could have been Paul Williams' yeah. hands playing piano. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Paul Williams actually sang. So Paul Williams uh, does a nice... Uh, a nice go at singing as well. Yeah, um, I certainly liked it when the character yeah. Winslow he rocked his head back and forth when he was playing, like yeah, like, the, those, the, like those passionate uh, yeah, piano players yeah, but, who do in like Elton John. Yeah, but does. he's he's getting into the role the same way as Tom Ellis does in Lucifer. He's not playing piano. He's sitting there pretending to play a piano. He's singing a tune, mm. but you know he's not really playing piano. But admit, it's kind yeah. of cool when they do that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. They move the, they sway back and forth and. Yeah. and, and Feel like they're enjoying having the time well, of their lives yeah. playing. Yeah, they probably are singing it. Mm. They're possibly actually singing along with it, so they get the lip syncing okay. Uh, but even though it might sound like a bag of crap, mm. uh, and then they just do the uh, second audio track over it. Yeah. Agreed. 
Well, um, it's the yeah. only way you can get done properly. I know. So yeah, he can he can hear it going blah 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 blah. Oh, you could at least go in key Winslow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, just. Anyway, you... I'm gonna, I'm going to give it a nine because it, it's not as sharp as it could be because yeah, I mean, ah, it's still a good watch. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. give it a, a nine and a half out of ten myself. I think it's really um, yeah. cool, especially the take on it and how it's from um, Winslow's perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then instead of the usual, oh, who's the Phantom? I don't know. Who is he? The man in black in the corner over there. Yeah, we can't see him in the shadow. Yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah. That no. throughout, we, we follow him around. Yeah. Instead of the usual, oh, we don't know the Phantom, and it's... Well, I can hear some eerie organ music coming from the bowels of the opera house. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's been done. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, instead of following either Phoenix or... Seeing yeah. Phoenix as our... Apart from Winslow, who's being the wrongdoing character, she's the only other character that he associates with. Yeah, I see. Oh, excuse me. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't been sleeping good. Um, yeah, um, that's... It's a good storyline. It's it, 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 it's a slightly different perspective. Um, yeah, taking it from the Phantom side of it. Yeah, and it's a good contemporary version. I mm. like it. But I like I'm it. gonna I, I give it a nine because yeah, some parts I didn't like could have been done a tad yeah. better. Yeah, but I would have it loved, all works. It would have mm. been great if that bit with the, that scene I mentioned about the old lady who tried to approach Swan and say, "Oh, I used to know him when I was in in the 1950s." Yada yada. It would have been great if there's something to build on that yeah. scene. The, the, some areas could have been a little bit more dynamic. I think that's what yeah. I think. I'm saying, yeah, that's what you're saying I too. Mean, I think, yeah. yeah, it just needed. That, it didn't have that dynamic tension again, building up. But then know? again, mm. in back in the 1970s or, or those. Days they didn't they didn't build too much into the mood in the story they just left it up to the audience to yeah, work it still, out. Yeah, but still, to make a good movie, it's good to have some slight and dark and a bit of tension building. And yeah, you didn't have as many jump scares back in those days, but you still had a build up here and there to oh oh didn't see that coming oh 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 yeah. that sort of stuff. And it, 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 it went along nicely, but yeah. it, it could it, it could yeah. have done a bit more yeah. to so yeah, this, build it up. Anyway, yeah. this movie mm. kind of puts makes me think of. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, a tad, and, especially uh, when Beef was on stage coming out of that yeah. container. Yeah. yeah, it makes me also think of Alice Cooper because um, Alice Cooper was around this time, you know, doing his crazy uh, thing. Welcome to my out nightmare. Yeah, uh, that was the. the light. I think yeah. that was a year that came a year of. Actually, this. another point too. Yeah, you see, you mentioned Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper was in the Shock Rock at that point in time, and early. Some parts of this movie, they actually shock rock stuff where they'll actually pretend to cut bodies up and different things. Or mannequins, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, they're using that sort of theme in it. And they had shock rock and glam rock. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it had audience anticipation. In yeah, it. Yeah, like, pretty, yeah. Like in Alice Cooper, there was always something that he would often use as a prop to... Exactly, yeah, to yeah. take so the audience by their ears. The, like, the music is good and it's fun, but it's not a serious movie. It's a parody, okay? Mm-hmm. It's it's poking fun at the music industry. It's using the three or four different themes. Uh, the Fan of the Opera, Dorian Gray, uh, Faust, and throwing it all in there. Let's see what comes out. Yeah, and yeah. it works. It's and a I, good story. Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't know why mm. the review guys didn't like it. Because they can't appreciate every movie they watch. They just probably didn't understand No, it. they can't appreciate every... It gets onto what I said so many times. Well, if, if you have got an old guy like me, so I'm, I'm, in a, I'm on the wrong side of 60. Now, if I'm watching a movie geared for a teenage audience, 
are not going to like it the same way a teenager would. I can sit down here because I'm, I like to think I'm mature enough to sit down there and say, I, it's not my style of movie, but it's a good movie, the film is good, the acting's good, the storyline's okay, even though I didn't like the theme of it, whatever, because it's aimed for teenagers. I can still appreciate the work put into the movie and the quality or lack thereof. Yeah. And some of these yeah. reviewers cannot see this. Yeah, yeah. and one yeah. another thing I like about this movie is the music. Oh, the music's I excellent, mean, yeah. As you guys are well aware, I, I, I'm... Partial when it comes to movies, I'm partial to the music side. You see, let's see yourself on the music scores. Yeah. See, um, mm. if it's a 1970s music, it's it's nice, and I like it. That has an old feeling. Well, actually, we had we've got an old movie in our collection. We we haven't reviewed it. Uh, Son of Dracula. Yeah. yeah, I actually did review yeah, we, that last already. Year, was it? Yeah, last year. And that's got yeah, we did that's right. It's got some damn good music for that period. It had Harry Nelson and uh, Nelson. Uh, Harry Nilsson. Yeah. Uh, Harry Nilsson playing it as son of Dracula. And it added some of his tunes in it and stuff. And it was really, really good. It had contemporary music done by Harry Nilsson. And it had some Harry Nilsson and other decent, well known musicians in it playing in the bands in it, even though it was a, a Dracula spoof. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I just, was, yeah so it's good. Yeah, yeah so I kind of music. like that. Oh, the 1970s types of music. I mean, I like all age music, depending on the movie itself. If it's good music, too. <laughs> if it has a good score and it's period-related, not something that people try to pretend to be period-related. No, nah, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, got, to, it's got to work. It's got to work, is, I'm is looking my message. Someone like Harry Potter, the music score, that was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about Lord of the Rings earlier on for other reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not, not yeah, yeah, before with the podcast. That's got great music in it. Mm-hmm. Well, but it wouldn't suit every movie. Mm-hmm. The same as Harry Potter wouldn't suit every movie. Mm, true. But look at a James Bond movie. They'll get a contemporary song and bung in there as a theme song or get mm-hmm. a song written which might be able to go on to... Um, uh, the um, oh, they call the record circuits, yeah, like Goldfinger yeah. by Shelly yeah, Bassey so, and stuff. Yeah. Um, moving Live on, guys. By. Yeah. So, so moving on, guys. Good music. So yeah. I think that's about it for us tonight. So I hope you guys enjoyed this this podcast, and I hope you guys may check out this movie as much as you can because it's worth well, watching. Like I said, you can you can get it through Amazon Prime and so if Amazon and uh, eBay. Um, hmm. I've got it. You're going to find other places. Yeah. So, so yeah. But be get, careful. Yeah. There's VHS and later discs and, yeah. and the music albums and yeah. DVDs so and CDs out there. Be careful out there, guys. So, yeah, get um, the right one. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. And this is Sarah Stevenson. And a model. Saying we'll see you guys for our next podcast. Bye for now. Bye, guys. <laughs>